This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon for what is your Friday edition of Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd from SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, joining along here, your local experts on the biggest story, Cleveland Brown wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, I told you, you know, we talked to open it with it yesterday at um, Pro Football Network, and it's Ben Albright. Ben's been on the show, guys. Obviously, you know him. And, you know, I, I think the site maybe tried to pump it up to be more than it was. I, you know, for everybody who kind of saw it, I guess, you know, everybody has the same consensus. It didn't seem too, you know, nothing that was really going to blow your mind, knock your socks off, that type of thing. Uh, apparently, John Dorsey wants to keep Freddie. Maybe Jimmy Haslam isn't so sure. My thing is, Pete, I, I have zero stance where either guy is coming from. But at six and seven, and, you know, with, uh, we'll win out and maybe that'll change my mind, which essentially says beat the Ravens again. Cause I mean, if you lose to Arizona and you lose any, you were to lose to Cincinnati or either, either one of those teams, they're terrible losses, which could maybe sink Freddie's battleship right there. But, you know, if you're saying it's beat the Ravens again, now, pretty undermanned it's a tough sell yeah i mean uh if you come out of this and you're nine and seven and you have this you know what would amount to be a, a pretty substantial run at the end it's you know it becomes like the eric mangini situation uh what was that 2010 or 11 when he won the last four games of the season and they were like one in ten at the time uh and he he came back another year with uh mike holmgren at that point who's uh, came in and took over and gave him that extra year, and it turned out to be uh, a bad idea just because the, the you know the, the parts didn't get along. I'm not suggesting that you know that would necessarily be a bad idea to to keep Freddie Kitchens, but uh, I continue to believe that um, the Browns at this point and, and John Dorsey are already in the process of sort of feeling out what's available. I think they will uh, if, if they're going to make a move. Uh, they're they're going. I should put it this way: they will know who their head coach is going to be uh, before the, the the last whistle goes off in the final game. That that is my contention at this. I I, I agree, and for me, it just you know, and that's the thing because now basically you're going to base and base it over a three game stretch, and you know, two of those games would be Arizona, which is a game you should not lose under any circumstances whatsoever. The other is Cincinnati, and, you know, if the Browns are eliminated at that point, you know, who knows what the hell kind of get effort you're going to get, or you're also going to get a couple of guys that, you know, who were pretty dinged up, and if the game meant something, would play. And in this situation, you know, what am I going to risk it for here? This isn't, you know, a game that matters. And usually in that those instances, you know, training staffs agree, Coaches agree, you know, it's in the better best interest of our player to not have him play, you know, damaged in a game that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I, I suppose that's possible um, I, because I, I just I don't think, uh, you know, he's required to beat the Ravens, for one thing. I, I just don't – that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're clearly overpowered. At this point, uh, they're arguably the best team in the league right now. Uh, the Browns aren't. Uh, I, I think 
if you go in go in uh, to that game and you get you know thumped, then sure. I think if they put up an embarrassing effort, I think it'll be held against them. But I think if the Browns play well uh, and keep it competitive and you know make it a game where the you know feels like they they you know, had a chance to win or, or made the Ravens who have been sort of uh, boat racing so many opponents lately. Uh, if you make them work, I, I think that would be productive. Um, so I, I think that's so much of these last three games is about being competitive, being productive, and certainly Arizona is a game you need to win. And I think that's more challenging than people realize. Uh, West Coast trips are brutal, uh, have been brutal on the Browns. Obviously, they got destroyed in San Francisco in this type of situation, different teams. But nevertheless, um, it's it's difficult. But uh, again, I think uh, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to say I doubt either the reporting that's out there. I just have a. It, it feels so, a little bit of CYA on this, um, and that it sort of, uh, you know, protects Dorsey from what he's essentially going to be doing, which is uh, potentially reaching out to whether it's Mike McCarthy or one of these other, you know, one of the other coaches that's uh, in play right now. Then, you know, I don't. I think this sort of protects him from it, but because I think he's going to be the one who's doing the the moving in terms of, uh, you know, another coach, if they go that route, they're not going to like, they're not going to hire a corn fairy or something like that. They're going to do it themselves. So if they're going to do it themselves, then Dorsey's largely going to be the one running it, even if, uh, you know, Haslam would have final approval or they're going to get a bunch of people involved uh, as they did last time that's still got a bunch of moving parts. And again, I, I don't believe John Dorsey's sort of allowing himself to put all of his, uh, all of his eggs in, in, in this one basket. I, I think he is preparing as if he is, um, you know, he's ready for either situation. If they want to stay with Freddie, he's certainly able to do that. If they don't, uh, then he can, be ready to go and and not put in a position where they they you know have a, a a search where they you know could could find themselves sort of you know one of the last uh, teams without a head coach and then you know you're really screwed at that point. So I, I think there's definitely more to it than than what is sort of being reported. But it's one of those things. I I, I am confident they they're, they're being told what they're being told. I just don't know if it's necessarily being told to them in good faith well and you know i mean when you say there's no leaks and things of that nature then you wonder what's getting leaked yada 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 uh you know benefits of keeping freddie is you know you know if you can keep the staff intact it it makes your work so much easier you you know what you're looking for um if you're going to try to keep steve wilkes comfy in the system he runs you you know what you're looking for at the safety position um if you move on from Freddie and now it's going to be, you know, it, I'm not saying all your staff is gone, um, you know, and Wilkes could be one way or the other. You, you never know. But now you're working in a new staff and, you know, as a GM and as a front office, you're learning what they like. You're learning what they want to do. And it, it kind of you know, almost puts you behind the eight ball a little bit, Pete, because, you know, now it, it can kind of shift maybe what your needs are as far as the order of them and actually what needs you're actually looking for. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, uh, you know, 
I wrote a thing about Sheldrick Redwine yesterday, and he stands out as a prime candidate to sort of get lost in a potential uh, coordinator, a coordinatorship. Um, they seem like they really liked him for that exposition. Uh, that's where he was playing against the Bengals, where he looked really, really impressive. He would undoubtedly become, you know, still be a backup free safety, which he is right now, and he might also have have a role in the slot as a corner. But specifically to what they want to do with that X, uh, they look like they might be really onto something with him there. And you know, that changes obviously with a different coordinator, and that's you know, just like Jannard Avery was last year, a fifth round pick. This would be a fourth round pick, and that's just one example. That who knows what else could potentially be disrupted in that scenario, but that is at least one situation where you basically pick the guy because you loved him for the specific scheme you were running and you're potentially then going to change. I had actually forgotten how well, you know, Redwine had tested tested athletically. Uh, you know, four 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 speed, thirty-nine inch vert, you know, uh thirty-nine inch vert. Um it's it's some nice nice athletic ability to be able to put and, you know, at the safety position and look, you know, for now, you just want the kid to get more reps. Obviously, you got three more games and versatility. It's huge when you can do, I mean, because, you know, you're giving an offense a look and, you know, look, you you play a safety like Jamal Adams. You usually know almost every down what he is going to do the way the Jets use him. Yes, better player. But where it's a guy like Redwine, you're able to disguise things more because, you know, he can do a little bit more, you know, you know, as a put, trending maybe where he could maybe be a more valuable asset than Jabril Peppers, where we said Jabril, it was in the box and it was well. He was starting to get better on the back end. Obviously, his season's over, so don't know where any of that's at. We're going to get some more here on Locked On Browns. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd rolling on through. Uh, guys, the Spotify wrapped, um, you know, your end of year review, your book note, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, your housekeeping. Uh, you know, go ahead, throw it up, take it up. I'm gonna see how many, how much, how much time you spend with us because we've spent a boatload. I'm curious how much you've all been along for the ride with us. I appreciate everyone. Happy holidays as we start to uh, trend towards that way and all that stuff. Again, thanks for everything, guys. Pete, Jake Burns brought this up today, and you know it, it's interesting because you know usually you know every team it's you know it should start with your core. Who is the core four of this current Cleveland Browns roster. Baker Mayfield, uh, Joel Batonio, uh, Miles Garrett, and Joe Schobert. It's easy. I mean, I, I've seen all kinds of answers, and I can tell you most of them are wrong. Um, for example, the, what people either don't know or haven't paid attention to is the guy who sort of gave the talk, you know, after the whole Miles Garrett thing was Batonio. I mean, it wasn't anyone else. It wasn't Jarvis Landry. It wasn't anyone. It's Batonio. That was the only guy that was there. Uh, Mayfield, by virtue of his position, uh, Miles Garrett, obviously is, is you know in part because of his talent and his stature within the team. Uh, and then, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Again, I think Schobert's going to get worked out. It's just a question of when. But he runs your defense and. People look up to him, and he matters in that locker room. So, you know, I, I've seen answers of Chubb. Chubb doesn't talk. I mean, he's don't get me wrong; he's a phenomenal player. But Joe Schubert uh, called him a little booger today. That killed me. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic player, but he's a mute. Um, I mean, his, his they did that. Um, 
you know, Mike thing with him. The, and the almost Raven all game. Of it was, yeah, it was yeah. almost all grunting because he doesn't say anything. And that doesn't make, you know, that's fine. It's just if you're saying who are your main dudes that sort of get looked up to in the locker room and all that, it's, you know, it's tough tough to be that guy. Uh, and, and, and Miles Garrett has to continue to grow into that role. Uh, he's more of a lead-by-example guy as much as he has done certain things in terms of, uh, you know, being a vocal guy. But, yeah, those are those are the four. It's not even close. I, I pretty much agree. So what I'm going to do is I, I would put, you know, you know, names into contention. Um, J.C. Treader, you know, deserves mentioning. But the thing with J.C. is, you know, the torch was passed – from Joe Thomas to Joe Batonio, and now JC's kind of become what Joe Batonio used to be. So it's, you know, you're not going to have two of them on the offensive line. Um, I'll say Nick as the player he is, because look, I ain't got a problem with guys who don't say nothing and lead by example. And that is 100% what Nick Chubb does. And, you know, and look, you know, it, it, and it's it, Nick is weird in that respect. Because, you know, normally you can't get skilled position players to shut the hell up. You know, and Nick gets everything. It's a yes, sir. And, you know, da, da, you know, well, the hole was there. The guy's blocked well. You know, I ran through it. We scored. You know, and, and that's, look, he's a dream player to cover because of his talent, because of his work ethic. And, you know, it, maybe, well, maybe not a dream for this Cleveland media because, you know, they're always looking to start something. But he's just a dream player to cover, uh, you know, he, doesn't seem like you would you have zero reason everywhere about him off the away from the building off the field fantastic player on it comes in does his job Denzel Ward this is a guy you would like to get there uh you know but Denzel look it's you know it was a month this year you know some time missed last year um you know you want your kind of you know your number one corner to be that guy and this isn't a knock on his play it's just you know not having you know been here you know now, haven't been around enough yet. Fantastic player, though. But there, there's some other names that you know. I, I feel I felt personally that probably needed some contention. But look, I mean, look. There's also a real case to be made for Odell Beckham, whether he wants to be or not. I mean, just by virtue of what he is and who he is. Uh, and it doesn't, you know. I, I think J.C. Tritter's a phenomenal player and person, and he's absolutely another guy you want on your team and in your locker room for all the reasons you mentioned. And he's, you know, he's a, uh, the exact type of guy you want at center. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry has his role in some of those things, but just in terms of, you know, uh, this is in terms of where these, where people go. I mean, if any, if I was going to take any one of the four out, I would take Mayfield out honestly and, and put somebody like Landry in there, but that's, if you tell me who are the, the four voices that matter the most, it's by virtue, of, again, it's by virtue of the position. Uh, it's, it's those four. Oh, no, you know, I'm not going to disagree. And, you know, skill was, because obviously always it's going to be, you know, if you did your linebacker room, right. Um, you know, yes, it tends to Joe Schobert, obviously miles Garrett is your star defensive player, Baker Mayfield. And obviously y'all know Angel friend of the show, Mr. Batonio, two of those four friends of the show. So good on that one. Um, Pete, this is one I did want to get to. Um, Major League Baseball, um, you know, you know, I, I just, strong move, um, you know, and maybe they have finally come across it the wrong way, you know, 
due to the fact that a player of the Anaheim Angels, you know, passed away from street drugs, so to speak. But um, it, smoke them if you got them, so to speak, is the way MLB's got. Look, you know, now viewing it more as an alcohol thing. And look, maybe, you know, I, I don't think the pain medicine is nearly as rampant in Major League Baseball as it is in the NFL. And, you know, you have NFL players, former players, and some even current players screaming, look, I, you know, I'd rather go home and not take freaking four Vicodin. Uh, I'd rather go home, smoke a joint and go to bed while, you know, or get my massage and then go to bed. Um, good move on MLB's part. Yeah, I think it's a, certainly a more progressive uh, look at it. I think it's a smart move for baseball. I find the, the, the aspect of their testing for cocaine fascinating because um, I, I, I'm assuming it must already be part of a test because if you're getting caught for cocaine, um, that's that that would take some doing because that's out of your system in two days. Um, 70, well, it used to be 72. I don't know what it is anymore. I'm not yeah, so, nothing, y'all. But go ahead. Right. So it's you know it's more about the other stuff. But uh, again, it's it's about what what battle really matters in this one, and uh, I think. Uh, Major League Baseball, and, and I suppose you can make the argument they're in a unique position, but hopefully it's going to sort of lead the way on this. Uh, they had admitted they weren't testing players <laughs> anyway. Um, so, it, 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 you know, it's, it's getting to something that's far more critical uh, in opioids, and obviously there's more to come on the uh, Angels front. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not going to be good. It's not going to get better in terms of the dirty details that are going to be found on that. Um, but that is a far bigger problem. And that is something that it, it will come up again. So, you know, hopefully this is able to, you know, save somebody's life because that's, that's what this one's going to be about. And and whatever anyone wants to say about marijuana, it's not life and death where this stuff is. So I'm, I'm glad it was done. I hope it carries over to the NFL. I, I don't know if the NFL is even looking at this like it you know, has any impact on them, but I'm hoping this is the direction they go uh, with this. I mean, they're already blood testing. Um, so they just, it, it, again, it's one of the things you don't even have to announce it. Just stop doing it, which again, baseball admitted they stopped doing without the policy change. Yeah. And, well, it, but, and the also thing though, I mean, baseball, obviously with the travel schedule, um, I mean, look, I mean, you're leaving one city, you know, at, at 1030 on a, you know, on a Wednesday night and, you know, you're going to land in another city at maybe five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And you've got to get to a hotel and then you got to get up and you, you got to play in seven, eight hours. You know, a lot of these guys, they complain about jet lag, things of that stuff. As far as, you know, the angel situation, uh, you look, I mean, you can mask a lot of things when you're a starting pitcher. I mean, and this is, you know, you go back to the days of Dwight Gooden and, and, and CC Sabathia a couple of years ago with the Yankees. Um, when you're literally, you know, only have to work every five days, you know, you show up, you can do your 45 minute hour workout. I mean, but you got boatloads of time on your hands and, you want to handle an addiction and find a way to get, you know, completely sober, you know, for two, two and a half hours. I mean, you can find a way to, you know, piecemeal it together, so to speak. But, uh, you know, and if that's what's going to happen and they think it's easier for the players, you know, God bless them on that respect. And, you know, I'm I'm not sure how quick other, uh, you know, sports leagues are going to get to that. 
it is most certainly not the uh, worst idea whatsoever to come along uh, that I've ever heard. Um, we had a question here on Drew Forbes. Yeah, obviously got the name corrected. Um, see, the problem with Drew Forbes right now is, Pete, I'm sure they would love to get a look at him. But Wyatt Teller, you you have no confirmation yet. You're liking what you're seeing. And you, just to keep in mind, guys, Drew Forbes right now is listed as the second string left guard. So as much as Pete and maybe I think maybe we'd like to see him get some reps at right tackle. But Pete, you can't just say, I'd like to get a look at a guy. You can only do that when you're mathematically eliminated. No, I mean, if you're going to start Candle Lamb at this week because he played better than what you've seen at Chris Hubbard for a long time now, you if you're still mathematically in, you've got to play your best players. You can't just say, oh, well, we'd like to get a look at somebody right now. Uh, no, you, you can't. Uh, and everything on this question depends on where they view Drew Forbes. Do they view him as a guard or a tackle? Um, he, obviously, listed a guard, it would suggest they think he's a guard. Um, and if it's left guard entirely just to fill out the depth chart, or if he's what, what is he actually repping at in practice? If he is repping at left guard, that's interesting for people who wonder about the possibility of moving Petonio out to tackle, uh, that they could. <laughs> you ain't never going to let that one die. I love it. Yeah, it's still, it's always viable. Uh, have Forbes be left guard, Twitter center, uh, teller, right guard, and then to be determined at, at right tackle. Uh, but. Again, uh, you know, so the, the the question is entirely about what do the Browns think he is? If they think he's a guard, then short of an injury, or they get to a point where they just want to see him uh, in live game action as it compares to a player like uh, Teller for that right guard spot, then, then that, they could cross that bridge when they are mathematically eliminated. And the other part is, look, you know, just because he's not on the field, uh, in games doesn't mean he's not doing stuff. I mean, this is this is where you get better um, is practice and doing all those things. So uh, the fact that he is practicing is good. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they ultimately decide to put him on the field. My, you know, a short issue unless they think he's a tackle. And uh, you know, Chris Hubbard, Chris Hubbard's injury is worse than they're letting on, and Kendall Lamb gets hurt or is just not very good. Maybe they, they, they go that route, but at, the, at this moment, it would seem that they are, to, to my mind, set at the front five, at least for the rest of the season. Um, and, and to me, it's their best front five they could put out there right now. And look, I mean, until you're mathematically eliminated and, you know, look, you've got this luxury now on defense where you're shorthanded. So you're getting to see those guys. Um, it's just not the case right now with the offense, especially with the offensive line. So, you know, you're going to run the best five out there and give yourself the best chance to win until, you know, somebody tells you, you know, the door is closed and you're not getting into it. Uh, with that, you know, i uh, got to sneak one more in here, guys. More coming. Locked on Browns. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for quality sleep surface with the right amounts of bounce and sink. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL, all caps, and using locked NFL, again, all caps, no space, at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. If you're listening to the car, no time to check that out. Now go to Locked On. Sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Check out everything. Our fantastic uh, sponsors 
give guys it's december whatever you got a chance to save some money take the opportunity and we appreciate all the sponsorship we get over here on the locked on podcast network this is for me pete there is no way in hell you can start chris hubbard's on there right uh not to me but that's you know again this is one of those things where um i i, I think kendall lamb is just offers a little bit more than Hubbard does and the money and stuff or, you know, whatever. Uh, I think if he's hurt, it makes it very easy. And he, he, he was limited in what he was able to do. Um, so uh, to me, I, I, and I don't go to land. Do it that way. In addition to the fact that I think it's better. Yeah, I mean, what you saw to this point, and, you know, it's and it's one of these things of, you know, sorry, Chris, uh, it sucks you got hurt. We're going to ride a hot hand right now, and, you know, and then under your breath, it doesn't matter because your time here, you know, might as well put the house on the market if you actually bought one because this ride is over, my friend. Um, from Lucky, um, with the organization thinking in the back of their heads about the coaching situation, do you think whoever they bring in – gets the draft right, gets the draft right by actually having serious input and not just Dorsey and company. Well, if Freddie stays, I still don't think he's going to have much say in it. But if you're going to bring in a veteran who had a career winning record of 125 and 77 in a certain city where they were green and yellow, I guess then maybe that guy would have some say, but if it's going to be Freddie, it's going to be the front office running the offseason. I mean, it entirely depends on what what that what they mean by input. I mean, are, are there you know are there going to be guys that they like and they sort of say we like this guy? Yeah, I mean, they, the Freddie staff has done that themselves. Again, I, I would look at a guy like Sheldrick Redwine in that scenario. Um, I you know I expect James Campen was at least consulted when it came to Drew Forbes. Um, you know, that's any staff now to the point of is, is that coach going to effectively make picks? No. Um, and that's John Dorsey's kind of interested in doing that. Um, he's not going to give up that control and that's his, that's his sort of, that's his baby, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just not going to go that way. And look, you know, however you're going to view it from the John Dorsey standpoint, that's something he's not going to let go of. And I pray whatever John Dorsey's doing right now, you are running through tackle tape. Unless, you know, Pete, there is the miracle of the uh, Joel Batonio, Joel Batonio uh, kicking out. It just seems odd if you couldn't do it. Two years ago, you couldn't do it. This year, ah, I just I just think this ship has sailed on that one. Uh, me personally, yeah, go ahead, kick him out. You know, whatever. I mean, makes sense. Throw him some money. Let's do it. Um, got a couple on these, and guys, yeah, we'll tell you all the time. I, there, I have no clue. I have no answer as to why they are treating Joe Schobert like he is. Um, maybe now it's to the point where they don't want to call him because they're going to pitch him the embarrassing offer that they would have tried to give him. 11 months ago, 15 months ago, maybe that's the reason. And maybe now they're just, or they're just screwed because they don't, 
know how they can afford him and the other extensions that are coming. Um, but the way Joe Schobert is being handled and being treated for all he does with this organization, the way this front office is treating him, it's just downright embarrassing. Well, at the very least, it's just it's just putting them at a disadvantage. Um, it's just one more thing they have to do, uh, and they have to get done. And you know, it's one of those things where if, if they get it done, everything will be fixed and everybody will be happy. But until that happens, there's going to be sort of this, you know, this uncomfortable silence between the two sides, where it's you know you're you're not doing much to sort of uh, get get uh, the player to believe you're. You, you you want them to be part of this thing, and that can ha- have negative consequences in, in the long run, not just with uh, this particular player, but future players. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know the reason. I, again, I think the, the deal ultimately gets done because they literally don't have anything at that position, and they'd be effectively starting over. Uh, I mean, they have rookies, I guess, but that they're not good. But you'd be paying Joe, and you'd be paying a second-year, third-round contract and a second-year, fifth-round contract. It's, it's Stop. Right. So, I mean, it's you just don't have anything in that position. So, And if you've been okay with keeping Kirksey here, so, I mean, what, Joe gets pumped up. Meanwhile, the other two are making nickels and dimes. It just seems ridiculous in that point. Pete, we got a lot of questions here on you know, the tag, Kareem Hunt. Go ahead and explain to everybody, you know, how that all works. Um, I they, So if you're a restricted free agent, as uh, Kareem Hunt will be uh, at the end of his rookie contract, because um, he was, he, he, they never got to that uh, with uh, the Chiefs. So, you know, his, uh, what would be his fourth year, he's a restricted free agent. And in that, in that scenario, you can, put a tender on a restricted free agent. You can either put a first round tender, second round tender, or the original round tender in Kareem Hunt's case, that would be the third round pick. And if, uh, you know, it's about $4 million if a player signs the first round, a little over $4 million if the player signs it and it's a first round, I think it's like two and a half million in the second round and original uh, tender, a little bit less. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, Tag that makes it so if a, uh, he signs with someone else, uh, the Browns would have the first right of refusal. They could match it. Um, if in that case that happens, then depending on what value tender is, they would give up that pick. The team could also trade the player's rights. In other words, if, you know, let's say the Browns put a second round tender on him and, you know, a team comes in and says, well, we'll give you a third round pick and a sixth round pick for his rights they could do that and then sign him to whatever contract they want to. Um, I, my, my guess is he's going to get a second, second round tender um, and to keep him on one more year for cheap. Or I, I, let's put it this way. I'm very confident they will put a tender on him. Um, and and they're more, more than likely going to hang on to him for another year uh, for nothing. And then, you know, he may, he may go elsewhere and they can get a compensatory pick or however they want to go from that point. I, you know, I mean, and, and we've talked about this, we've discussed if, if they put the first round tender on them, guess what? He's going nowhere. You know, that, that means they want him. Um, if it's, you know, the second round tender, that's interesting though. Cause I mean, you're talking about, you know, and now with Nick and with Kareem as talented as they both are, neither one of these guys were first round running backs. 
it's looking like it's a pretty good running back class. Do you want to, you know, have some money so you can have a second back that's not going to make so much money when you're going to have to extend Nick Chubb, which will lead to long, long, long stories on down the line. Um, but, you know, either way, you either have Kareem Hunt or you should have a pretty damn good asset where you can maybe get something close. Um, look, either way, it's still going to be Nick, and and you look at what Kareem's done, and that's fantastic. Um, but it's not the usage probably that Kareem wants, and it may not be the usage that a rookie who's going to be here three, four years is going to want, but that's a deal, bub. That's <laughs> just the kind of way it goes. Um, but I do think either way, they're either going to want Kareem or they're going to want possibly that second-round pick because I think they're starting to enjoy this two running back tandem, and we're not even going to mention the guy from Houston. We're not even going to bring that one up. Pete, you had Odell say last week, no, I'm cool. Everything's all right. We're good here. We're good. Now you had to have Jarvis Landry come out again today to say, no, nah, Odell's cool here. We're going to get this right. Can this go to bed now? Please, for the love of God, can this go to bed? And for the people saying, oh, well, Green Bay, have you ever, I mean, have you guys ever really dug into some guys who played in Green Bay, um, it, it's – you think you wouldn't – you know, I mean, it's like Siberia compared to freaking Cleveland. Cleveland's actually a city. Green Bay is like nothing. Uh, to answer your question, no, uh, this will continue to live on. Uh, it's, uh, he's apparently got people around him saying things and uh, – or, or that's the – report here um again i've I've said it all along i think uh he meant everything in the moment he said it uh i think he was you know was frustrated dealing with the sports hernia and the team was losing when these reports came out you know referencing october and i believe him when he said he wants to be here next year i think he's conscious of the fact that if he were to force himself out, um, then he would have he would be permanently labeled as you know difficult prima donna, et cetera, and everything comes with that. I think it's in his best interest to, at the very least, be receptive to what the Browns are doing. But I think it's a smaller deal and more easily worked out than than uh, people think it is. And I think a lot of it will be remedied once the, he, he stops hurting and essentially that sports hernia goes away. I think um, a lot of this is fueled by just the frustration of constantly being in pain. But I think so much of the frustration was has been that despite the pain, Odell Beckham thinks he's Odell Beckham, and the team has basically said, you know, you're not. And, you know, pride and ego and all those things, you know, in, in the nature of being that, that player, you always think you're going to be that dude and you should still get the ball like that dude. And the Browns have sort of had to alter it. And I think that's causing a problem. But I think uh, they, I think Browns players and, and Beckham and everybody is sort of ready to get to the off season in that sense and get to work and try to fix this as opposed to trying to get everything, trying to get traded. I think that's where this is ultimately going to go. It's going to be resolved. He's going to be fine, uh, and they need to figure out how to maximize him so they can go out and win. Yeah, look, it's it, and the thing, and, and this is the one. I mean, you know, and 
here's going to be the problem is for all of you who say, you know, oh, we don't, I don't want him here anymore, whatever. If he doesn't want to be here, yada, yada, yada. And then you keep in mind that he's injured and the production of the last two years hasn't been up to Odell Beckham Jr. standards. Uh, and, you know, there people b- looking to buy Odell Beckham are going to say, well, look, I, I can't pay top dollar here. Um, I got to make sure after this sports hernia thing, he's he's going to be the Odell Beckham he was. Um, so as many of you say, get him out of here. If he's not happy, I don't want to hear it, blah, 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 blah. You're going to, your next foot down will be to complain and bitch about the return you get because you ain't getting what you think you're going to get for a player whose name is Odell Beckham. You're not going to get that right now if you move on from him. So that's the, exactly the reason that, and I agree with Pete on this, is it, it's get this whole, first off, get Odell right physically. Um, whatever it takes. Look, Baker's got no problem going out to LA. The, a lot of these guys don't figure it all the freak out from top to bottom. You know, look, we were on Sports Illustrated. Everybody was on us. You know, where did it go wrong? Man to man, mono to mono. I got you. You got me. Let's get this thing right. But you know, you guys will, you guys will be pissed when you hear Odell Beckham Jr. maybe only brought you back a mid to late second round pick. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think even if you were able to finagle the great, uh, the, the, the trade that would sort of, you know, equal the return that they gave up, you're still going to have a setback. You can't expect to give up that type of player and then just automatically keep going. I mean, if you get a player and a pick, the player's not going to be as good as Odell Beckman, and the pick is going to be a rookie. Uh, and you're hoping they you know, they get there, and that ultimately the, the 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 some of the parts is better than the whole of Beckham. But that's not something you can count on. Whereas if he gets healthy and he's the player he's supposed to be, he's a superstar, and he you know he changes your record, and you're a significantly better team. So that's the other part is is it would force them to sort of take uh, a step back in terms of their expectation. Uh, which I don't know that they want to do. And obviously that would impact their window with the, the rookie contracts they have for uh, Garrett and Mayfield. They would you know, obviously be in danger of ruining that window and not be able to get it, which is the other reason I don't think this is going to happen. No, I mean, this wasn't a move that was made for, hey, let's try to win a Super Bowl in 2019 and then whatever, you know, we'll, we'll blow it to best from there. This was a move that was made to hopefully have some staying power. Pete, Browns wise, league wise, anything on Pete Smith's mind? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, uh, I mean, it's been a bad day for uh, players from the DMV area. Uh, you have this this report of a bunch of former players, uh, like Clinton Portis, most notably, uh, apparently trying to defraud the. Uh, retirement fund or the benefits or whatever uh, that's got to get looked into. And then you find out Michael Vicko, uh, like $70,000 in back taxes, uh, just a worn out. So not great for that area. Uh, yeah. And my wife is on a Vic rage right now because of, um, you know, I, I guess he's got this thing going on with the pro bowl or whatever. And, you know, she's like, look, it's enough. He's a free man. It's a, and my wife who is, the biggest dog lover there is, 
Yeah, no, uh, she doesn't want to see Michael Vick get any accolades, and actually it looks like Lamar Jackson is just about to break his rushing record. Um, Michael Vick. He already did. Okay, uh, Michael Vick, just uh, be happy you're out. <laughs> well, my uh, my thought on that is part of the reason they made him a captain is because they knew this would happen, and it's one way for it to get attention because it's Pro Bowl and no one cares, even though it actually does well rating-wise. Yep, and it's a way for Michael Vick to correct that tax situation. Um, pay, pay your bills. I mean, dude, you're going down the same freaking path you went down before. Don't fall twice. Don't don't do it. Get your shit right. Um, for Jeff Lloyd and for Pete Smith, we're gonna put this one to bed here, guys. Uh, obviously, check out everything Browns Maven wise over at sad.com. Make sure you're following Browns Maven. Make sure you're following the guy at underscore Pete Smith underscore show yourself. As you know, at Locked On Browns, always a follow back account. DMs are open. You need something, questions, some stuff you want to put on the show. Feed me. Always looking for ideas and topics. You guys know that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open. Same thing. Guys, anything you want, man, I try to do everything I can. All you guys are there for me. Every day you're here for us. I, I try to give back in kind. It's just the type of person I am. This has been your daily delivery of all things offense. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>